under the hood. Follow us on the ground at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us. As we turn and talk about the NBA with a three-time NBA champion and color analyst for the Chicago Bulls, friend of the program, Stacy King, joins me. Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Stacy? Hey, what's going on, Jay Hood? How you feel? You know, about as good as you can feel under the circumstances. You know, um, everybody's healthy in my household. You know, we're, you know, we're kind of on lockdown, but about as good as you can feel. Gives you more time to spend time with your family, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. But what I found is that there's a lot more projects around the house than I thought. You know, when you're up and down the road, man, you don't realize this stuff. You kind of look around like, oh, i got to fix that at some point. Yeah, you know, it gives you an opportunity, to, you know, because we travel so much, um, you know, during the year, it gives you an opportunity to put things away. And cause we don't know what the situation is going to hold, when the season, if and when it's going to start. So it's just one of those things, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate incident. I think right now the main thing is just trying to, you know, follow the the instructions of, uh, you know, what's laid out here in Chicago, staying in the house, you know, distancing and doing the necessary things, washing your hands, do the necessary things that that uh, will help, you know, kind of slow this, uh, you know, this uh, coronavirus down. That's all you can do. And just do it. go with the experts say and just keep it moving, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's a serious thing, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, you look at from where it started here for a few cases. Now you got, you know, 100,000. I mean, it's, 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 it's major. And I think people need to take it seriously. You know, when the mayor, you know, said stay in the house and, you know, keep away from large crowds, you know, you got to do that. You got to do those things. And it's for the, it's for the betterment, not just the people of Chicago, just in general, everybody i mean you just have to do it you have to sacrifice and if you can do that maybe they'll be able to find some way to slow this down and and find some way to to help all the people that are, are still sick and that are going to contract this disease uh to be able to help them out stacy you know it's interesting i know that you've been getting it like i have on social media regarding um some of these classic bulls games from back in the day those first uh three-peat uh for championships and there's a lot of people watching my, one of my producers tyler was looking at the at the game and watching the Bulls and Knicks for the first time. And he, he pointed at the screen and said, who's that? I said, oh, that's Oprah and Stedman. you never seen them together, but they used to be at the Bulls games all the time back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket, yes, man. We had, all, we had a lot of, you know, just like New York and L.A., they have their stars, we have our stars. It was fun times, man. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, this team will, will get back to being – uh, at the level that that was, I mean, you know, because it's it's a great Chicago's a great city for sports, and they're gonna love you, you know, uh, when you're winning. They're gonna love you when you lose. That's what makes Chicago better than any you know any city in America. And you know, the whole thing right now is just getting the you know getting the fan base back to understanding and trying to trying to get a winning team out here to to make the city proud. And I think. You know, we're we're trying to go in those directions, and uh, the team is trying to go in those directions. You got a lot of good young players to get excited about. Uh, it's just trying to put it together now, you know, consistently. 
Stacey King, three-time NBA champion, Bulls analyst with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. So between 89 and 94, when he first started with the Bulls, Stacey, what, what stands out to me, and again, for our, our young viewers that are watching these Bulls championships for the first time, the thing that you notice on those old sports channel shows, some you and I used to talk about this all the time when we were hosting shows together on SiriusXM. You, you, you have a, a hard time in which there's a disconnect where you want to see a player guard all the way up and down the floor the entire time. Like you want, as soon as the ball comes out, you miss the opportunity to see that guard, the, you know, defending the dribbler all the way up. So that was something that was commonplace during that time. The other thing is too, on a drive and kick, it wasn't necessarily trying to get it out to the three. You're just trying to get the best shot. And that was a long two, or if that was a guy that's going to the basket, you take it, but it wasn't just, Okay, uh, I'm just going to throw it open to the open shooter and just just let it go. Sometimes you were dribble driving to the basket trying to get fouled. So that it just a lot of differences in the game now versus back then. Well, I mean, I, I'm a big believer you can still play 90 style basketball. There's a place for it in this in this league, and you know you still have your analytical approaches that you can have to the game. Um, you know, you just play basketball the winning way, make winning plays. You know, that's what it's about. I mean, you saw where Michael Jordan had the 55 points and, and how efficient that 55 points was. You know, I mean, I think he shot close to over 50-something percent, but most of his shots, he had a couple of three-pointers, but most of his shots were mid-range and, and the post-ups. And, you know, I, and I still think there's a place for that in this game. And I think you just have to play to your strengths and guys have to understand that, you know, let's get – we're trying to get two. We're trying to score here. We're trying to – you know, how can we get more points than the other team, you know? <laughs> and that's that's been the thing. I mean, now it's a three-point league. Everybody's shooting threes. Um, is it a great shot? It's a great shot if you make it. But if you're shooting under 30%, in my opinion, it's not a good shot. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, by the way, the recovery on the three, a lot better back then than it is now. You're just not standing there and watching the guy shoot the three. There was the reason – people wonder, like, how come there wasn't a lot of threes? Well, the defense was a hell of a lot better. You were recovering well, on Well, yeah, side. the defense was – I mean, every team played defense. And, you know, now – I mean, there's teams in this league that play defense. I mean, it's not – you know, you look at the teams that are consistently winning – and they're in playoff caliber teams that can run deep. They play defense. I mean, you know, defense wins ball games. And I think you have to be committed to it. You have to be, you know, I think a lot of times with these younger teams, Jay Hood, you get in those situations where, you know, if their shot's not falling, sometimes they get, you know, they get a little upset and they don't go out as hard defensively and guard people because they're still thinking about the shot that they missed. You know, but, if, you know, in this league, man, you miss a shot. We don't really care. If I was a coach, I didn't care if you missed 20 shots. As long as you hustled back on defense and you got back out and, and you played hard on, on defense and rebound the basketball, I can deal with you missing shots as long as they're good shots in the flow of the offense. I need to talk to Commissioner King. Is, is Commissioner there? I need to talk to him for a second. <laughs> Put him on the phone. I'm one of these armchair commissioners like everybody else. <laughs> so I need to talk to Commissioner King. i got to ask you this question. So as, as you know, like I know, I, I have no idea if we're going to get basketball back. Hopefully we will because, you know, I love the, the NBA. But if, if it's, if there is going to be a restarting of the league, does it start with the playoffs or are you finishing off the regular season first? Um, I, I think you're going to, I think you're just going to, I, I, the way I think how it's going to go, I think they're just going to, you know, pick the guys, the teams who finished, you know, in the top eight. I mean, it's not fair. You know, you had 17 games left. You know, how much of a difference would those 17 games make 
to teams. If it was going to be one of those things or a divisional title or first-round advantage, I mean, that that's going to be tough, and you feel bad for those teams. But at the same time, you know, you're pushing this season, no telling when they're going to start. Let's say, say you start in July. Mm-hmm. You know, then you turn around and do you push the regular season back and don't start till December? You know, there's a whole bunch of things that they have to look at and, and try to come to an agreement on um, because it's not even guaranteed that you're going to even play in July. It's not even guaranteed you're going to play at all. You know, we this is a day-to-day situation here in the United States right now. And I think, honestly, as much as we all love sports, as much as we want to see sports and, and be part of sports, I, I think the, the main objective here is to get us to, to the point where we can be, you know, human again, that we can go out there and, and not worry about getting sick and dying. And I think in that, in my opinion, that's what I'm more concerned with. I, I mean, yeah, I want basketball back like anybody else. But at the end of the day, I just want to be able to be able to go outside with my family, be able to take walks and not worry about, you know, getting an illness and, and not possibly, you know, seeing – you know, my 53rd birthday. So, you know what I'm saying? So prioritizing things, I think the most thing is just to make sure this is, this is taken care of first and then they can go from there. But ideally, you know, you're looking at July, they they say, but I I don't even know if that's the case. And a well-preserved 52, by the way, it it must be cocoa butter. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's it's that oil of Olay, um, you know, it's that uh, it's that goat's milk on the face at night, rubbing off cream. You know, there's a lot of different things. You know, a lot of beauty secrets, man. A lot of beauty secrets from my grandmother. <laughs> Maybe you want to share some of those sometime. I need some of those. <laughs> it's not enough time. It's not enough time tonight to tell you all that now. Come on, now you're doing too much, Jay Hood. Okay, I just thought as a friend that you'd pass I that just along. Gave you, I gave you a couple. I gave you a couple, <laughs> and that's all I can do. Just want to be a well-preserved fifty-two like you when I get there. Um, oh man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like Denzel and, and Billy D. Williams. I want to be looking good when I'm in my seventies. <laughs> How much will the time off help veterans like LeBron James? Oh, it, it's a, it's a blessing for him. I mean, you're seventeen, and you got an opportunity now to, you know, it's it's not ideal. You don't want to do it, but I mean. You know, your rhythm's going to be off. You're going to see a lot of these guys' timing's going to be off. The rhythm's going to be off. But for a guy who's been in the league 17 years, uh, I, I think it's going to benefit him. The older players, is going to benefit them. Guys like Kawhi Leonard, who, who you know, will have all this time off, you know, he'll be able to, you know, he'll be able to come out and be fresh for the playoffs. I mean, so it's going to be a blessing to this guy, not just, not just for LeBron James, but, you know, for, for everybody involved. Stacy, lastly, and I appreciate your time. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, on Zach Levine. You know, here's what I discovered watching Zach uh, this year. Zach just plays better when he's pissed off. I, I I think that that edge is always something that is needed. Yeah, he's talked about already over the last was I guess seven days ago. He was talking to the press about or or Cowley or a couple other people about how a lot of in his career he's done a lot of losing. And that he wants to turn things around for this Bulls franchise. And the games that I saw where either he's barking at the bench or talking to the opposition, it just seems like when he's got a little bit of the ruthless aggression, it seems like that he seems to be more focused and, and really play at a high level. Yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, he's got a little he's got a little dog in him. And mm-hmm. I think he's tired of losing. You know, because you're you're you know, in this league they you know, they value winning. And, you know, he hasn't won he hasn't won anything. I mean, he hasn't been in a winning season since, you know, he came from UCLA uh after his freshman year. But on the same token, 
you know what? I, I, I really love the kid because, you know, when you look at this kid, the, what he brings to the table, he had, a, he had an ACL injury a few years ago, and he bounced back remarkably. Uh, he's shown you that he's an all-star caliber player. He didn't make the all-star team this year. was disappointing. I was more disappointed that he didn't get an invite to the uh, U.S. national uh, team. I thought that was really a slight. I thought Kobe White not making the uh, rookie all-star team, uh, you know, the sophomore, uh, you know, sophomore game, I thought that was really bad. But Kobe's shown everybody, which he did at the second half of the season, that he's one of the top rookies in the league and one of the bright young stars, uh, and the Bulls have him. So, but with Zach, the one thing you, you got to appreciate about Zach, he played every night. He competed every night, no matter what the situation was. Uh, he brought it every night. And, yeah, you know, there's some things, you know, can he get better at certain things? Yeah, he can get better defensively. Everybody can. I mean, James Harden got better defensively, and no one ever thought he could get better defensively. I think Zach is a willing defender. I think Zach is a great athlete that can play defense. And I think once he puts that together, you know, whether it's this year, you know, the remaining this season or next, um, if he puts both of those things together and the Bulls start winning, um, he's going to be on a lot of all-star teams. And uh, and I think Lowry will, will, will bounce back from the season he had. I think it was a, it was just a you know an aberration that he he played the way he did this year. He had some ups and downs, but the talent is there, the skill level is there. Uh, the Bulls' core pieces are the young guys. I know fans are like, yeah, right, whatever. It doesn't show in the win record, but if you look at talent wise, they they have enough talent you know, five or six guys to build around. And I think that's the key for them right now is to understand, you know, when they go into the offseason, you know, where can they get better? You know, where can we get better as a team? Who's on this roster? Who can contribute on this roster? And if they can do those kind of things, I'm telling you right now, uh, they, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the playoffs. There's no reason whatsoever. Stacey, as always, I appreciate your time. And I need to know, like, um, you know, I haven't been to the barber in a couple of weeks. Do I just keep the afro? Or oh, can I, can I, do I go dude, in during this time? Dude, I'm looking like uh, Jules on uh, <laughs> on uh, Pulp Fiction right now. I mean, I've got the, <laughs> I got the afro going. I got the I got the, the mustache, the beard growing. I'm like, oh, my God. I looked in the mirror to that. Said, Who's this guy? I'm looking like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> So I guess that means I better stay in. I I feel like yeah. I need those something. I, I guess it's gonna have to just grow. That's not good. I just gotta get the brush out. But you know what though, Jay Hood? I, I, as much as I want to go to the barber and get cut, because I do it out every week. Mm-hmm. And my my barber up in you know North Chicago, amazing cuts. You know, it's just to me, it's just not worth the risk right now for mm-hmm. me to go out anywhere. And I mean, I got the mask and the gloves and and all the things that you know you you need and. You know, we stocked up on things before, and I, I would just urge the city of Chicago and you know everybody living here, man. I mean, we're we're going to be inconvenienced for a little bit, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, the health wise and trying to make sure that we can beat this thing, we need everybody to to participate and listen to the authorities and and do what you're supposed to do. Stay inside, you know, practice all the things that you're being asked to do, and and let's try to get a let's try to get this thing under control. And where we don't, you know, where we can get back to living a normal life. Stacy, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, bud, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Stacy King, three-time NBA champion, Bulls analyst, with us on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at tweetjhood. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. On ESPN 1000 and uh, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. And by the way, I'm talking about this ESPN Chicago app. Have you downloaded that thing? 
The ESPN Chicago app, doesn't matter if it's an Android or an iPhone, your iPad, just look for ESPN Chicago, download it. That way you can get all the shows, right? You can listen to all the podcasts that you care to as well as listen live. It's easy to be able to navigate, by the way. Again, it's the ESPN Chicago app. Download it. That way you can catch the entire archive of the Under the Hood show as well as Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Around this time, uh, next show, which is tomorrow, we will have Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday as we preview WrestleMania. WrestleMania taking place I guess somewhere in the somewhere in Florida, and I can't say it's going to be in Tampa. It's going to be someplace in Florida. It's an odd WrestleMania this year. We'll review that coming up tomorrow on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We do that every Tuesday at um, in the nine o'clock hour right here on ESPN One Thousand. I'm checking the poll question by the way. We have several out there at ESPN One Thousand. Eric, we asked, would you play Monopoly with real money? Sixty-eight percent say no. And scared. Scared to death. Scared. Scared. Don't know how to do it. Scared money don't make money. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Dad. Uh, Also, are you rationing your TV watching to make it last during shelter in place? Um, 84% say no. They're just going right through it. Okay. Well, see, this is the problem. See, these are the people that are taking too much toilet paper. They're not trying to ration out their their things that they bought. They're just going right through it. 84%. So he's like, no, I'm just binge-watching everything. Okay, See, I, I was just binge-watching everything, but now I feel like I'm going to start letting it stretch out, especially because like, production for TV shows and movies are stopped. So that we're not getting anything new that, that's coming. So the well's running dry. We better stretch it out. Listen, if people don't know, you know. You guys know my schedule. You guys know that you know, traveling with the Winnie City Bulls and and doing UIC Flames basketball, along with doing this show and ESPN Radio and Sirius XM stuff. Like, there's going to be a lot of programming that slips through the cracks, right? I'm not going to have time unless I'm, like, on the road to be able to sit and watch these shows. Uh, and so now I'm, pretty, I'm playing catch-up. There's some movies that I'm behind on, but I'm okay with just stretching it out, like, daily, trying to figure out what I want to watch and then go in try to get into it and all this stuff. So the idea that I'm going to sit now, as I mentioned, watching Ozark, and I'm a big fan of that show, it's the number two trending show on Netflix next to Tiger King, which I got to watch, clearly, because you two have watched it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I've got to watch it for the culture. So, I so mean, now, you just have to. It's it's an experience in itself. By th- and, and how many episodes is that? Three? It's seven. seven. It's long. It's a lot oh, for it. heaven's sake. It's one of those that you just keep watching. We did it in one sitting. The wife and I. That's seven. It was a long time. I mean, we're not doing anything right now, but it was one sat last Saturday, not the one but we could go from last Saturday. We played Gin Rummy to a thousand and watched Tiger King. <laughs> That's what we did. You're an old very yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Gin Rummy, I like that. Um you're like like me and Peacock over here. <laughs> yeah. Um just, just playing cards the whole time. Um so and how many hours is that, by the way? Is it seven hours? It's, they're 45-minute episodes. It's 40 to 45 minutes on each one. So it's not quite seven not hours. Bad. It's a little over five. That's not, oh, that's not bad. No. So I'll try to watch all of that by Thursday show. How about that? And, we'll, and I'll give, her, or give you a review. Perfect. Can't I, wait I, for it. I can't I, wait to hear what you think of this. I will, I, will, I will watch it. By the time we get to Thursday, I will have watched this Tiger King and see what it's about. Because uh, I've avoided a lot of this. I've avoided a lot on social media, actually. There's, the, the, there are some smart things out there regarding sports and some things that you normally wouldn't see because people are bored and putting out certain 
trends of things. So I'm I'm kind of cool with some of these threads I've been seeing, but some of this other stuff has just been so stupid. I've been avoiding it and watching television instead. Um, but I'll I'll check it out. It's very I'm intrigued now. But Ozark, I'm going to have to stop watching for a couple of weeks. Got to stop because it's getting so good that I'll go right through it and I'll be looking for something else special to watch. And I got to blow through Tiger King apparently, if you're part of the expression. So I got I'll watch that between now and Thursday. You won't be the only one doing blow while <laughs> while around the Tiger King situation. <laughs> Oh, man, we're going to hear from Luke Yaklich coming up in just a second. We talked earlier about uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League. And we know how polarizing Roger can be. And he's as polarizing as any commissioner that I remember in sports. And this is the same guy that had to levy fines and suspensions and rulings like any other commissioner. But he came in with a swagger. He came in as if he was some fictitious sheriff on a television show talking about how he's going to clean up this town and he's going to be able to do it his way. Well, you got to do it your way for sure, but I understand that Roger Goodell has gone through some things that he's never, that no other commissioners had to go through. You know, dealing with Michael Vick and PDs and domestic violence and player politics and sexual assault lawsuits and stuff like this. Some of the previous commissioners have to deal with some of this, but when it comes to like dogfighting and trying to nail down PEDs and dealing with a lot of domestic violence, the Ray Rice story, obviously a big part of that. Goodell's had to deal with a lot. However, there's some things that I have not liked from Roger Goodell as commissioner, uh, like the, the referee uh, lockout where he put replacement refs out there. On top of that, this whole thing with concussions and CTE. Yes, we know the CTE and brain damage is part of the National Football League. It has been forever. Uh, but because of this, because of the 665 or more uh, million dollars that have been doled out by the NFL in the settlement, I just think it makes the sport even softer. Yeah, they're trying to be careful, but it's almost too careful where everything is tailored toward offense. You can't touch the uh, quarterback. You can't touch the skill position players offensively. And so it makes the sport a lot different. And this is all under the Goodell administration. And so I say that Roger Goodell, him going forward through having the NFL free agency period, as well as a draft he's going to have at the end of the month of April, is no surprise to me, because Goodell rules with an iron hand. He feels like because the other sports have been postponed, that he can just move forward. There are some that have written columns. There have been fans that say, hey, have a little bit more of a sense of what's going on. Read the room. We're going through a pandemic. We're going through COVID-19. And I would say that what Roger Goodell is doing is not a surprise to me because he feels like there's no games that's going to take place until we get to September, October, possibly in the NFL. So he's going to move forward. I will give him credit that at least when we get to the draft, even between now and the draft, we'll talk a lot of NFL. We'll talk a lot of NFL draft and, and talk about the NFL as far as the offseason is concerned because they just continue to crank out stories. There's always question marks, and they're the king of sports for a reason. It's because there's always compelling storylines. The, the laughable part of this, as, a, as an aside to this, is the piece I read from Amy Trask from the, un, the um, athletic.com where Amy talks about how there are people that work in the National Football League. There are uh, scouts, front office people that don't know how to handle this upcoming draft, meaning that over the years, you know this like I know it, that you go in and you meet 
a draft, uh, a potential draft pick. You meet Joe Burrow. You meet Tua Tungavailoa. You meet uh, Judy. Some of these uh, hopefuls that will be going into the NFL, and you meet them face to face across a desk or on a couch someplace. And now, because of COVID nineteen, these same executives have to be able to meet these potential NFL players through a screen. They meet them through Facebook. They meet them through FaceTime and other mediums. And it's not face-to-face, so that human interaction is not there. And there are some that have said off the record to Amy Trask from the from the uh, Athletic that says, I can't believe uh, that we got to go through this. How do, are we going to handle this? Because they can't, they can't do- download FaceTime, because they can't download uh, some of the technology to be able to meet these people. Yes, it is probably different to determine whether or not you want a player on your team based on FaceTime. But this is where we are in 2020, where you have to be able to know if that individual is right for you or not based on the college tape and based on the interviews you have through the screen. And again, it's not the same as meeting someone face-to-face and shaking their hand, but here we are in 2020. So not only do we have to deal with that if you are a uh, someone that's in a front office, you got to deal with not being able to meet someone face to face and really feel whether or not that person's for you. But we also have to deal with the fact that the NFL is going to keep doing what they do. Same thing with Vince McMahon in the WWE. Same thing with Dana White in the UFC. They're just going to go through business the way they want to because this is this is who they are. They feel like they can still run events during this time while everything else is postponed. Those alpha dogs feel like they got to give you live events no matter whether you like it or not. This is who they are. And so the if you feel like there's a, a feeling of tone deafness from the NFL, then that's Roger Goodell. <laughs> he's still going to move forward. He still believes there's going to be a season in September. And for me, as long as everyone is safe, I look forward to an NFL season as well in September, October, whenever it happens. But we got to be safe first and got to be smart about it. Listen to the doctors and find out whether or not it's going to be safe for us to go out or not. We will hear from a brand new coach in the Chicago college basketball landscape. That's next. This is Under the Hood. Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us. Looking forward to the college basketball season because there is a new coach in place, you know, been doing play-by-play for the UIC Flames. It's going to be my eighth year this upcoming year. I'll be glad to be working with Luke Yaklich. He's the new head coach for the UIC Flames men's basketball team. And Coach Luke joins me here on ESPN 1000. Coach, congratulations. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It is my pleasure, Jonathan. I've listened to you for a long time um, on ESPN, and uh, it's it's awesome that uh, I have the opportunity to to be on the show with you, but then to represent uh, UIC men's basketball, uh, to be named the head coaches, uh, it's something I take uh, take to heart. Um, and you know, I'm very uh, aware of the alumni that we have in the uh, Chicago uh, land area and throughout the state of Illinois and Indiana. And you know, want to uh, want to build a program that uh, our alumni can be proud of and uh, get uh, get fans uh, back in uh, into the gym and uh, enjoying the uh, the team that we have on the floor. Coach, before we talk about UIC and your expectations for the program, I just want to get your fondest memories of Austin working uh, with the Texas program, working with Coach Smart. Wow, that's um, I, I, you know, I spent uh, it was about ten months 
together with Coach Smart, and there's a lot of them. Uh, so we'll start a little bit with food. You know, Torchy's Tacos and Black's Barbecue, um, they will be missed. But, uh, you know, it's going to easily be replaced by the uh, Chicago, uh, the menus of, at Chicago restaurants uh, easily. Then, uh, you know, going into just the Big 12 in general, Jonathan, I mean, um, the really, really good coaches, uh, just like the Big Ten, uh, great venues, and, um, you know, probably playing at, um, you know, Fog Allen Fieldhouse was, was awesome. And then just in general, just being around a, a really good group of guys and learning from Coach Smart. Uh, he is, Coach Smart is so good, um, so good, uh, such a great coach. I learned so much this year. And uh, I think the just the time, like any coach, being with guys um, on the team and seeing them grow and develop was um, was great. So, I think there's a, a lot of different ways, but Austin is awesome. Texas is awesome. Um, and I'm excited back in my own little way, Jonathan, excited to get back to the cold weather. <laughs> well, Coach, I want to find out you know, the origins of basketball for you. Well, you know, when you started watching basketball, was it something that you saw, something that you were involved in? What was your first love when it comes to basketball? Well, that, that's that's awesome. I, 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 I love that you asked that question because um, – very easy uh, for me to answer. I I, I went to uh, Jonathan. I went to a school of. Uh, I graduated my junior high with twelve kids um, at uh, in in a Dimmick grade school. Uh, had some great coaches, or great teachers there in a small uh, in a small school. Then I went to LaSalle through High School in a Hall of Famer uh, who has now passed away, Chips Giovanni, whose son Gray Giovanni is the head coach at Augustana. Um, he just he had his program where we played man to man. So my freshman year in high school, that this like it was like man to man, and I wasn't a great scorer. So I knew if I didn't play defense, probably wasn't going to play, and that bothered me. And so I just I bought into that. And I had a sophomore, uh, a sophomore coaches uh, Gary Sonnenberg and Paul Kramarsic, uh and then uh, a guy by the name of Steve Parker uh, were all like these mentors to be that we're all just man-to-man coaches and they really taught me and allowed me to kind of grasp the game a little bit and it was at that point in high school um and as soon as I graduated high school Jonathan I started coaching AAU basketball um and traveled into the city um and and the state playing doing that and I, I just once I started the AAU thing then I coached my junior high basketball team I got a fourth and fifth grade uh, team that practiced. We practiced every day, Jonathan, and got a 10-minute scrimmage <laughs> in between the seventh and eighth grade game. And I think that 10-minute scrimmage was, uh, you know, I treated it like the dang Super Bowl. So that, I mean, that's my origins um, and where, I, where I, what I'm all about. And I knew I was going into teaching and coaching, and um, it's just always been in uh, in my blood, so to speak, and something that I've always felt comfortable in, and I've always been able to be genuine. Um, and be myself. So I, it's never left me. Luke Yaklich is the head coach for the UIC Flames. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Luke, uh, in a, in, when it comes to defense, it's something that you specialized in uh, in coaching for a while now. Can you sell me on how you view defense in an offensive culture that we have in basketball? Guys want to shoot the three. Guys want to be able to score. But defense yeah, how much do you have to sell players on that, especially here now in 2020? Uh, yeah, another great question. I, and I'm, I get a lot of uh, this, these questions when we talk uh, as coaches at the college level with high school coaches, et cetera. The, the key thing, Jonathan, for me is that the one way to, to kind of flip that around is, you know, the, the sexy word in basketball, so to speak, is 
you know, we're going to be positionless players and everybody kind of wants to play one position less than what you are. If I'm a five, I'm a four, I'm a four, I'm a three and onward down the line, which is fine um, because it's, it's all skill development, which is going to be a huge part of our program. But the defensive side with that, you've got to look at the other side and say, okay, well, how many can you guard? And there's a, there's, there's, that's a, an, an intangible thing. Like if, if I can guard three or four positions, it makes me that much more um, effective as a basketball player. So I think being an elite two-way player and, be, and with this positionless mantra that's going on in the game right now and the way it should be, um, it, that part's easy to sell. The second part is just having an accountability set. Um, part of what you do and it's easy on offense to have accountability because you just look at the box score and say okay you got this many rebounds you made this many shots you got to the line these were your assists and turnovers see the accountability for offense is always smacking people right in the face um on tv the defensive side is you just have to come up with an accountability system and that's something that we've developed um you know, over the, over the last four or five years, starting with Coach Muller at Illinois State, and then Coach Beeline allowed me to to introduce that at uh, at Michigan, and we did the same thing um, in my year at, at Texas here. And it's it's a, just an accountability system where guys know that they're you try to create a comprehensive, but at the same time simple way to chart and keep track of defense, so guys can understand how to get better and their accountability within that um, on a, on a possession of possession basis. So I think those two things are, are key in the whole thing. And then the final thing is just passion. Like, I mean, I, I have a phrase, bring the heat that I've, I started saying at Illinois state, Jonathan, mm-hmm. in my first year there to the guys and it kind of hook uh, just, it stuck. They got hooked on it. And I, I've been using it since and now with the flames logo, um, it was like uh, totally a perfect marriage there between that uh, logo and my 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 phrase, and it's simply you got to bring energy and passion to it every day uh, when you come to play, come to coach defense, and you're and you're on it, and your kids and players naturally, I think, gravitate to how you you approach it. So those three things would be uh, are, are the three things I think are most um, connected when it comes to putting defense all together. Luke Yaklich is the head coach for the UIC Flames. Joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. You know, being from this state, Luke, you know how there's such a rich tradition of basketball here in the land of Lincoln. Well, it's one thing to be wanted. It's one thing to uh, having an AD, someone to recruit you and say, you know, I really want you to be part of our program. But what does it mean to be back in this state coaching? That's more than just a phone call, is it not? Well, that's uh, you. Uh, you hit my wheelhouse, Jonathan. I, I got the chills there just just thinking about it because it, it it literally I I love it. it you talk about what, what made me like, have that passion for basketball. It was also then just going to to high school game on a Friday night as a kid, and you go and watch twenty five hundred people watch a high school game, and then you read it about it on Saturday morning in the newspaper, yeah. <laughs> and people are talking about it at the coffee shops. Right. <laughs> That's, you know, the coach should have done this and, uh, and, and man, that, that kid should have did this. And like, that's that's what makes it special in Illinois. It's just different. And going around the country, there's lots of good basketball around the country. But I tell everybody, uh, people ask me in different states, like, what's Illinois like? And it, it's, you can't, like, you've got the band, you've got cheerleaders, you've got people that are just, casual fans that want to come out and watch good basketball and then they read about it and then there's websites 
I mean, how many like people have, you know, just cities and states just have people that are dedicated toward high school and prep sports like we do in the state. That's, it's not, it's, it's not common everywhere. And uh, that's the, the great thing about it. And going to Champaign as a kid um, and going to that tournament and then, you know, being able to coach in a super sectional game when I was at Joliet um, and then just having the rivalries between at home and Flossmoor and Bolingbrook and, you just you felt it every single night it mattered when people walked in the gym it was like we got to win this game <laughs> and it uh that's the way it is in illinois people take pride in their high school and uh and then that transfers over to their college i mean all every uh, you know the programs in the state there's pride in those schools and i'm just you know i'm fortunate lucky and and absolutely um ecstatic to be to have the opportunity to lead a program in a state like Illinois that loves basketball so much and then a great school like UIC it's it's a dream come true I can't tell you anything different this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood hi everybody on ESPN 1000 Chicago's home for sports you're listening to Under the Hood get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere 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 download in the app store today this is ESPN 1000 Chicago's home for sports Luke Yakovich is the head coach for the UIC Flames joins me Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So I'm going to pull the curtain back for you a little bit during yeah. All-Star Weekend because All-Star Weekend, you can just imagine the pageantry of All-Star Weekend, Chicago. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, the entire basketball community is here, not just NBA, college. Just everybody's here because it's such an event at the United Center and just all over the city, all over the, um, the Chicagoland area, there was there were uh, conventions and there were, um, there were players and former players talking to the youth uh, that are really interested in basketball. So it was great. It was uh, a weekend I'll never forget. But I, I just want to tell you, like at the bars and restaurants, you would think that the number one story would be, hey, what's going on with the Bulls? The story at the bars and restaurants during All-Star Weekend was the memories of high school and college basketball in this city and around the yeah. Chicagoland area. It, that kind of gives you an idea that even though this is the home of the Bulls and it was played at the United Center, all the stories is like, hey, you remember you know, Mark Aguirre? Remember Tim Hardaway? Hey, what about Isaiah Thomas? He was supposed to go yeah. to DePaul, but he ends up going to Indiana. And that All these stories. So the, the, the rich tradition of basketball, high school and college still resonates in 20. 20. The old stories still hold up today, even in conversations around the All-Star Weekend. It was pretty special. Absolutely. And, and you can find that everywhere throughout the state. Um, you know, even in, when I was coaching LaSalle, Peru in, what, 2000 and, uh, like, three in 2004, you'd, you'd have people in town. Well, in the 70s, you know, we had Gary Novak, who went to Notre Dame, and uh, that's everywhere. That is everywhere, and that's the beauty of uh, of the state. Because number one, it's it's created its own tradition because of because of the amount of success that you know, the players have had throughout the uh, the state. How many good ones? And think about the. I remember the tournament with uh, like I, I think it was uh, the, the Thornton team um, mm-hmm. that had Napoleon uh, McCallum and uh, and Ranto, uh, Antoine Randall L. Yeah. And then I think they played Darius Miles 
it was like I remember thinking that that was like they were just rock stars. Um, those guys and that that state tournament was was unbelievable. Um, it was really really good. So I have those memories, and that's just uh, like everybody that went to the state tournament and has been around the the you know Chicago Public League. Uh, the city tournament when it would just got you got the one one team that advanced and I remember watching Sonny Cox's team and then Westinghouse it was it was it was it, that was powerful so I can only imagine people that have been in the city for forty and fifty years um, the memories they have of of watching those guys. Coach, um, one of the, I saw coming across the wire that uh, Will Veasley is going to be an assistant coach for you. Uh, tell us a little about the Coach Veasley and what he can bring to your your staff. Oh man, Will's what a terrific, uh, just a terrific coach, terrific man, great father, husband. Uh, he's just a really, really genuinely good person that uh, has, ironically, Jonathan. Uh, it's uh, Will and I have all these connections. Uh, I was at Sterling High School coaching in 2000, and I think it was 2000, 2001 season. And Will Veasley was the starting uh, forward for the Freeport Pretzels. And um, we beat him. I always hold that over him. Uh, but uh, he was a freshman on varsity. And I remember him grabbing these just enormous rebounds as a freshman. And then you watch, watch Will go play on at Butler. And then. We end up at staff, on staff together at Illinois State, and he, he just uh, he, he's a, uh, a coach that has grown because he wants to grow. He's really hungry to be really good, um, and he's great with people. He has great relationships with uh, with players, and he loves he loves skill development, and he really enjoys recruiting. Like he's just a a, a great all around coach, and he wants to grow, and is going to be a really really good one in the profession. And um, you know he has a passion for Horizon League basketball. Uh, playing at Butler, albeit they're out of it now, but played um, there and had so much uh, winning experience. Then he goes to North Dakota State and goes to back-to-back uh, NCAA tournaments with Dave Richmond, who's a great coach up there who he's learned under. So, it, And he knows Illinois and loves Illinois basketball. Played AAU um, in the state, too. So he, he just... He's got that that fiber um, and a passion for basketball and a passion for helping young people. That was just a no no brainer. Like hey, this this guy's got to be on staff, and he's going to be good for the university and good for our players and good for our staff. And um, going to work hard every day. Coach, thank you so much, and we'll talk again soon. You got it. Have a uh, have a great one, Jonathan. I look forward to, uh, to having some popcorn together courtside. All right. It's uh, Coach Yakulich with us here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Good to hear from him. He sounds excited about the upcoming college basketball season whenever we have it right. Well, I want to thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000. Thanks to you. Our thanks to Ben Hartsock, Stacey King, Coach Yakulich for being with us. Show produced by Tyler and Eric on the other side of the glass. We'll have another full show tomorrow between 7 and 10. Listen, we know what's going on right now with the with COVID-19 and the stay-at-home uh, edict that has been put out across this country and around the world. Just keep in mind, you and I, we're alone together. We'll get through this together. Let's do this again tomorrow at 7 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000.